0: And open us in a word of prayer, and then we will begin. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful that, at least I am, uh, I know I am so thankful this morning for a Redeemer who was truly human, just like us. And I pray that you would help me to help your people to be overwhelmed and thankful as well for that truth this morning Uh, when we think about the complexity and mystery that it is and what it should do for our soul i pray that you would do that work in us as we um, see that we needed someone who was just like us in jesus name amen Alright, so last week, let's just look at our question real quick to remember what we were talking about. What sort of Redeemer is needed to bring us back to God? And the answer was, one who's truly human and also truly God. So let me ask you a question, review question here. Is Jesus made up of two persons? No. Liam's got it. No, no, no. Okay. Okay. How many natures, though, does Jesus have? He's got it. Remember, we did this, right? Two, like the Boy Scouts, that'd be actually this, three, but (laughs) it's two and one. Two and one. Good, good. Okay, so let me just ask you a question for a bit of review here. And I'm going to answer the first one so that this doesn't get awkward, kids. So, Think about this with me. How did you come into this world? And what I mean by that, see, Abe was (laughs) like, what I mean by that question is, did you like, did your parents, well, we know the stork didn't drop you in, right? Like in Dumbo. And um, you didn't just like, they got the crib and there was was Liam, right? The answer to the question is, how did you come into this world? You were born. (laughs) Right? You were born. Okay. So let me ask you another question, though. You can answer this. And I'm, I'm thinking kids, all right? Adults, you probably know this. So how did you go, how did you grow from little baby to child? How does that happen? Crusoe? What's that? Healthy. healthy. Like, oh, you're describing in what way, but how is it that you, that it was healthy? How did that happen, that you actually were healthy? What? You yeah. ate. Where did that food come from? Oh. mom. Your mom. Oh, dad had nothing to do okay. with this. <laughs> Liam, what were you going to say? I there you go. So you had parents, right, who cared for you, right? Okay. So, and how did they care for you? They, they fed you. What else did they do to help you grow? Wes? You to work. This is true. We did force you to work. Why would we force you to work? What are we doing there, Wes? Making us disappointed in that. No. All right. <laughs> Peanut gallery. Why? Why would your parents make you do chores? <laughs> yeah, they still don't know. That's up for debate, right? <laughs> Mom, why do we do all that? <laughs> parents, why do we make the children do chores? So we don't do them anymore, right? So we don't have to do them anymore because I don't have the strength to do it all. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. <laughs> yes,
1: yeah, thank you,
0: Will. Work ethic teach you character and responsibility. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm yep. Um, no one, thankfully, came in here naked. Oh. Kids, <laughs> right? So, yes, Wes has got like, eh! you were clothed. How did you get these clothes? your parents, right? Goodwill. Goodwill maybe, maybe. But you were still that somebody had to pay for those and made sure that you cuz like we have basic needs. Right? One is food, one is shelter. And and the shelter includes things like clothing. You got to have that, right? As humans, we need that. Let me ask you a different question. What do you do when you're really sad? What does your body and your mind do when you're really sad? No silly comments. Crusoe. You go to your bed and do what? Cry. Right? We cry when we're really, really sad. Thank you, Crusoe. Um, how do you feel, Isa, when you haven't eaten for a long time? Are you hungry? Right? You feel, oh, that hurts. I'm grumpy. Grumpy? Ooh, interesting. Liam? Yeah. <laughs> wow, <laughs> Liam's at least honest. He said three hours is the longest I've ever gone without food. This is fantastic.
2: How dare you let me go that long without
0: Okay. <laughs> I didn't realize these questions were going to go this way. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> how, tell me, how do you feel at the end of a long day of school? And after schooling, you got to go do soccer practice or basketball practice. And then you get home from that, you have some dinner, and mom and dad make you wash the dishes, and you still got to go clean your room. How does your body feel at the end of all of that? Serious answer, Wes? Broken. Broken? Well, tired, right?
3: <laughs>
0: tired, right? You feel exhausted. Okay. So, what will happen to everyone eventually when you get really, really old? Thank you, Crusader. You will die. There you go. That's the answer I'm looking for. Yes. You will die. All right. Those all of those questions are what every single person in this room experiences. Because we are human. Thank you, Matt. We're human. Right? We are human. And this is what it means to be human. You get hungry, you need clothing, you need shelter, you get tired, you die. Your bodies eventually die. Now, I want you to think, yes, Liam? We're not humans, are idiots. <laughs> but idiots can be human, right? right? So, let, let me just say this, though. Here is, here's the point I'm getting at. Jesus was just like us. Just like all of those questions in every single way, except for one difference. What was the one difference? Well, let's go through these questions again and just ask them about Jesus. How did Jesus come into the world? Liam, he was born. How did he grow from a little baby to a child? What happened? His parents cared for him. Exactly. Um, What did he do when he was really sad? He cried. He cried. We even know that when his friend Lazarus died, he cried. Um, What did he do? How did he feel when he hadn't eaten for 40 days? It actually says that. He was hungry. And we're all like, duh, after 40 days. (laughs) But that's super important for us to remember. And how did he feel after a very, very, very long day of ministry, ministry, ministry? How did he feel? And how do we know that he felt tired? What's an example where you know that he felt tired, Crusoe? He, worked. he what? He worked. he worked. Yes, he did work. How do we know from the Bible though that after Jesus worked, he felt tired? What's an example where you know that for sure? Slept he slept in the boat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was exhausted. And you read that story of everything that happened before that falling asleep in the boat. I'm like, I'd fall asleep too. <laughs> he was tired. And what happened to his body when people stabbed it and hung it on a cross? It died. died. He died, right? All of those things he had in common with us. What is the one difference, though, between Jesus as a human and every single one of us and every person that's ever lived? What was the one, one difference? What's uh, Eliam? He never sinned. Thank you. He never sinned. Once. Now, that's what our next our question today is about. So the question is, why must the Redeemer be truly human? And the answer is that in human nature, he might on our behalf perfectly obey the whole law and suffer punishment for human sin. And also that he might sympathize with our weakness. So let's just break that down a little bit to help us understand what it means And then I want us to look at a passage that explains and I think will help our hearts feel really good. So that first part of the answer says that in human nature. That's super important because there are certain mythologies, modern, and by that I mean like Marvel stories. Those are mythologies, modern mythologies. They're cool. And ancient mythologies, which the Marvel ones are built on where some of the characters are part human and part superhuman, like have powers, right? That is not what Jesus was like. We need to remember that. Jesus was not like a superhuman. Because, why is that important? Because if Jesus was superhuman, he would have been able to go more than 40 days without eating. He would have not gotten tired right have you have you i know adults you haven't maybe all of you watched the marvel movies but I, when they go on these battles these intense battles do you ever wonder like man these dudes never get tired <laughs> they they kind of do at the end of the new york city when they're all sitting in that shawarma place right but captain
2: america could do it
0: all day captain america could do it all day exactly thank you, you that is not how jesus was in fact it's also very important because <laughs> When he was tempted to argue with his parents and he would have been because his parents were like us, idiots, and they did things and asked things of him that were un- ir- unreason- unreasonable, 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 right? They did. And his temptation, he would have been tempted. One second, Wes, He would have been tempted to argue and think that is dumb. Mary, like, do you not know how this world works? I created this. I know that ain't gonna work. He would have been tempted to think that way. And you want him to be tempted in that way. And that's what we're gonna learn about because he needed to be fully human like you and me in order for him to be a real substitute in your place. He has to be like you and face it but he needs that one difference that Liam pointed out. He needs to go all the way through without giving in to temptation. So when mom or dad says something unreasonable, his, he'll be tempted to argue and he'll say, no, Father, I'm going to speak to God the Father. Help me to do the right thing. You need to do the right thing. The second part of that says that he might on our behalf perfectly obey the whole law. So on our behalf means in our place, standing in there for us. When we talked about all of our catechism questions about the Ten Commandments, we got through all those. What did did we come to realize about all of that law in us? You remember? That we can't do it, right? Remember question 13 was this. Can anyone keep the law of God perfectly? And the answer we learned was since the fall, no mere human has been able to keep the law of God perfectly, but consistently breaks it in thought, word, and deed. We needed someone who would perfectly obey the law because the law of God reveals what God's requirements are. Perfection. We needed somebody to be able to do that because none of us have been able to. The second, the next part of the sentence says, and suffer the punishment for human sin. So we realized none of us can keep it. And then we had this question, number 18. Will God allow our disobedience and idolatry to go unpunished? Our failure to keep his law. The answer was no. Every sin is against God, basically. And that at the very end, it will be punished. So, that's the consequence. We needed someone, though, to actually live and experience that consequence. Now, the judgment of... That must mean... This may not have occurred to you. Because we know he hung and died on a cross. And we think about that, but we usually don't put a lot more thought into this. This means when he was on that cross... Once he died, that he faced the judgment of God, the father, because it says he became he who knew no sin became sin for us. So that means he had to experience the punishment for human sin. The punishment for human sin is not just to be killed on a cross because other people have been killed on the cross. Did you know that? Think about that. other people have been killed on a cross before. So it had to be more than just an agony and physical dying on a cross it had to be the punishment that God is going to give out for every sin. He had to get, experience that. Now, we don't really fully, like, I can't tell you more beyond that, of what that means. Mm-hmm. Some people have tried to say, well, it means he went to hell and he did these things. Maybe. The Bible doesn't really flesh that out for us to understand. What does it mean to experience the judgment of God? We know he did. The Bible says He did. But I don't think we can go further than that without just using our holy sanctified imaginations. Mm -hmm. And We have to remember at that point we're going beyond what scripture says to explain what it means for him to experience the judgment of God. Mm -hmm. But we know he did because every sinner is supposed to experience the the punishment of God. He did that for you. That's what he needed to be a human. So the final part of that answer is, and I'll read the whole thing again. So, why does he have to be fully human? And the answer is that in human nature, he might on our behalf perfectly obey the whole law and suffer the punishment for human sin. And also that he might sympathize with our weaknesses. Now, that word sympathize is a really good word because it really actually means to suffer with, together with. It means to feel and know and experience what we experienced. And he needed to know what it was really like to suffer. Because like I said, he needed to know what it was like to be tempted to argue with his parents. He as as a man needed to know what it was like to be tempted towards lust. In every kind of way, the Bible says, he was tempted and yet... He passed the test. Like, you and I know what it's like to face temptation. But I don't think you and I, I know we don't, know what it's like, how hard it truly is to go through temptation and not sin every single temptation. And we've had victories sometimes. But I would say probably in those victory moments, it must not have been super hard. <laughs> right? Right? But think about this. Even when it was super hard and you, you passed the test, you did not give in to temptation, he did that every time. Every time. All the way through for you. He had to. Because if he didn't, he wouldn't be a perfect substitute for you, right? So let me get into...
2: Did you have... Well, I'm just going to yeah. add to that. Uh, I heard the illustration one time of a... Like that whole sympathize with our weaknesses... Um, Sometimes we look at people who have fallen as having a better understanding than people who have not. But if you had somebody that was, say, for example, they're going to pick up a heavy rock and carry it across the yard. If you got one person picks up drops picks up drops picks up drops it, you know. They they get some idea of the heaviness of the rock, but somebody who understands it much more is the one who's picked it up, carried it all the way to the end without dropping. Without dropping. You know, they're going to have a better understanding actually of the challenge of that, than someone who's dropped it. And uh, I don't know. I just That's a very that. helpful illustration. Yeah. I would not
0: heard that one before. That's very helpful. You get that the difference between we in this room know what it's like to face different kinds of hard temptations. And we also know what it's like to fail in those. And that kind of feels good to us somewhat mm-hmm. when we've got fellow sufferers who have messed up but we don't really know what it's like to carry that temptation all the way, the rock all the way across the yard, the football field for 33 years.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> right. And he did. So where do we get this from? So that was what is the, the question mean? But let's plunge, dig in a little bit on this. And we're going to look at Hebrews 2 verses 10 through 18, but especially on verse um, 17. I'm going to read that for you and then let's. Ask some questions. For it was fitting that he... Wait a second. It's 14. There we go. Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself, meaning Jesus, likewise partook of the same things, and that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is, the devil, and deliver... All those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. For surely it is not angels that he helps, but he helps the offspring of Abraham. It means humans like us. In verse 17, therefore, he had to be made like his brothers in every respect. Brothers and sisters, really, all of us is what it's saying. So that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God. Oof, to make propitiation. Big word there. And we've covered that in our catechism. That's a wrath satisfier. Take the judgment of God for the sins of the people. For because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Man, oh man. So these verses really show us why Jesus had to be human. There's a lot packed. If you ever read through the book of Hebrews, like, oh my goodness. If I had to, you know, have you ever heard the question, if you had to go out to a desert island, what would be like two books you would take? If the question was, if I could only take two books from the Bible... <laughs> this would be one of them (laughs) because there's so much to chew on here and I cannot get into all of what's in here. But what we need to understand is that it's at least showing us why he had to be human like us. And I want you to think back to Genesis. Kids, who was the first man? Liam, Adam, right? And who has everybody on earth descended from? Adam, right? Exactly. Every single human being has come from Adam. And, and who introduced sin into the human race? Adam. Adam. <laughs> exactly. The answer to all those questions is Adam. And how was Adam created? We talked about this in one of our catechism questions. Wes? What? Dust. Yeah, out of dust. In terms of his abilities, how was he created? Was he created with sin? No. Was he created in a way that he could actually not sin? Yes. He could have not sinned. He was given a test. and But he didn't, did he? <laughs> he didn't pass the test. And it's interesting because sometimes in the New Testament, Jesus is referred to as the second Adam. Now think about that for a little bit. Adam the first person, and he then messed it up for everybody. He had a test, given an opportunity, he failed. Everyone from that point experiences now the curse of sin. So if Jesus is called the second Adam, that means there's a lot of parallels. Let me just show you a few of those parallels. Adam was created sinless, Jesus is sinless. Adam gave life to all people because everybody came from him. Jesus gives eternal life to those he redeems. Adam, remember when he put him in the garden, he said, I'm going to give you dominion over all of this. Jesus is given the authority. He's the ruler, the Lord over all. And Adam brought spiritual and physical death into the world. But Jesus brings eternal life to those who repent of their sins and follow him. So in order for Jesus, remember the question a couple back was, how are we going to get out of this dilemma? The answer was that God gives a redeemer. And we asked, who is the redeemer? The only Lord Jesus Christ. And then last week's question is, what sort of redeemer must he be? He has to be fully human. And fully god and now today you're like why does he have to be fully human well because it is crucial for him to be fully human let's look at this verse together i want you to put your thinking cap on and what are the things that you see in there that help you see he had to be human it'll be some awkward silence because you have to think about it a little bit it's on the handout too that whole scripture Where do you see things that he shows that he had to be like us? All right, Matt.
2: (laughs) Uh, He took on flesh and blood.
0: Very first sentence. Mm -hmm. Since the children share in flesh and blood, like you and me, he himself, Jesus, likewise partook. That means he did the same thing. All right, what else? We talked about some questions about what it means to be human, Todd. Through
3: death.
0: through death. We all will. Yes. Right? And he had to go through that so that he could destroy the power of death. That's pretty interesting. What other clues do you see? Offspring of Abraham. The offspring of Abraham. It's showing that it couldn't be someone that zapped down from the sky and like Thor landing on earth, right? It's not that. Thor seemed kind of human like but very godlike. That's not a picture of what Jesus was. He had to be the offspring of Abraham. What else? Very next line, verse 17, he had to be made like his brothers in every respect. Mm-hmm. That means he had to be tempted he had to get hungry. He had, he had to face it all. Because then it says, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest. Do you remember what the priests did? They represented the people. The tabernacle, they'd go in. They went before into the holy place to represent the people. And they can only do that once a year if they go into the Holy of Holies. And they could only do that under certain conditions because it was a big deal. So Jesus had to be the representative for all of us.
2: Yep. Yeah. Um, I don't want to jump ahead of you, No, go ahead. I've been holding, holding my time. <laughs> but um, I... I know that you mentioned Marvel movies. Anybody else in here have watched any of the Marvel movies? Some of you? Some of you are like, no. Hey, how you doing? Um, one of my favorite things about those is the people who find plot holes.
0: <laughs>
2: you know, where they like, wait a minute. I mean, you've got a team of people making sure that that story fits. And yet there's still these plot holes. And I think uh, I don't want, like I said, I want to get ahead of you. But when you think about the "why does it matter" part, um, one of the reasons that I just marvel at with this, no pun intended, um, nice, very nice, but is the the more you dig into what was going on in our redemption, you you never get to a point where like, wait a minute, you go, it's always like it works, like every step along the way, it works. like. It, in fact it's it works better than I realized it worked, and it makes sense better than I realized it makes sense yeah and and I know sometimes we don't like to think real deep about some of these things, but I think one of the important things about this, because this one feels heady to me Ooh. but it's important to understand that justice god's justice is real right. in the exactly crucifixion of there was actual justice. That was dispensed on Christ in those things. And there was actual righteousness earned yes. by his life. Like it works. There aren't plot holes. There's no plot holes. Yeah, exactly. So. Sorry.
0: No, that's, that's excellent. Um, that whole high priest thing. What did the priest do? They went in, but I, I left out some other things. What are some of the things the priests do? Wesley. They do represent the people. What do they do when they're representing the people? Remember some of the things they put up in the tabernacle and in the temple? Yeah. Sacrifices. What are sacrifices? This is going to be a little gross. Help me out. Animals. Animal, they just. What does that mean? What did they do? They killed them. They, they put their blood on the wood. Thank you. Mm-hmm. They killed them. They took the blood and put it on the wood. On the altar. And it's those the sacrifices in the Old Testament are said to make atonement for. That atonement means to cover. When we get to the book of Hebrews, and I, we don't have time to show all those verses, it shows that those sacrifices in themselves really didn't cover over the sins. When you'd kill a lamb, that lamb's blood did not actually in itself remove your sin. All of those sacrifices had a couple of functions, at least. They were God's way that he wanted his people to worship him. To recognize who he was and that he was a just God who required sacrifice for sin. And the other function, another function, Hebrews tells us that those were meant to point us to Jesus. Those people didn't know Jesus' name. But those who had faith in God and his promises knew that he would deliver them and that he would somehow deliver them through a sacrifice for them. And those sacrifices all the time showed them that blood sacrifice needed to be made. A blood sacrifice, though, of a human, a human that would be enough. And his blood was perfect because, as Matt just kind of mentioned in passing, he had to pass the test every single time. Every single time. He had to be passed the test so that it was perfect. His life value would be perfect. A perfect picture of a lamb. Right, but this time a real lamb, the real sacrifice. And if it was um, superpower blood, that's not an equal substitute. You need an equal substitute. So I would just want to read this last bit so I don't mess it up, but so that you hear it. And then we'll ask the question we always ask, why does it matter? Because I think there's a lot here we could unpack. So if your Redeemer... Was not fully human, if Jesus was not fully human, he would not have been able to fulfill God's requirements. He is the ultimate mediator, the one that can come between God and us because he can represent us, represent all those who believe and repent. And through his sacrifice, through Jesus' sacrifice, Humans, like us, find forgiveness for their sins and have a relationship with God. So Jesus, in his perfect humanity, was able to turn God's anger away, that's what the propitiation part is, from sinful people by taking the full force of the anger and punishment on his own body. He had to have a real body, be a real human, in order for you to be forgiven All right, so this is kind of an easy question. I mean, you don't have to think too hard because I think you're going to think of a lot of things. Why does this question really matter? Why does it matter that Jesus was human for you? And I've got a couple of different questions that at least guide us here. And what kind of circumstances do you need to remember this truth
2: and why? Matt. Um, There's so many answers. Yeah. Uh, one of them is when we fail, mm. because we remember that he didn't, and his lack—it's not our lack of failure that earns us righteousness. It's his lack of failure that has earned us righteousness.
0: Yeah. Wesley.
3: Really, when we're spreading the gospel to other people, like they'll ask, "Well, how could he know? He was—he was never us." Mm. But we could say. Well, he was. He bore the sin. He knows what it feels like to be tempted.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I think that question, we do ask that ourselves. How does he know? He doesn't really know because he was God. And we get confused that he was fully human. Mm-hmm. Someone else. Hang on. Mike.
1: Pastor Mike. That's why the idea of sufficiency. is mm-hmm. so violent. you go back, the Old Testament. Look at all the sacrifices. There was a specific order, mm. Mm. and even what was put on the altar, what was burned outside. Yeah. And Christ was outside the gate. Yeah. Um, but the sufficiency. When I come to those situations where the adversary is always wanting to cause doubt, mm. I can go back and think, no He fulfilled." It, he was enough. That the Holy God demanded, and yeah. so it is sufficient. Yeah. And that's why He becomes our source. We don't have, there's nothing that we can do anyway. Right, right.
0: Yeah. How else? What kind of circumstances do you find yourself in that, like, I need to remember this? When it's hard, right? Mm -hmm. When it's really hard, I need to know that Jesus knows how hard this is. Mm -hmm. He does. And he'll carry me through. And one thing I didn't get into in this one, but I really would love to, but I don't, a whole lot of time. Matt's gonna see this as we get deeper into Luke. Luke, especially in Acts, but also a few times in Luke, shows us that the way Jesus did what he did in passing the test was that he depended on the spirit of God. Whoa. Now, if you are a child of God, who indwells you? the Spirit of God. And that does mean that I can pass the test when it's hard because I have the same Spirit that Jesus depended upon in me. Wesley?
3: I was just going to say about my single friend, gospel and how he knows. I was just going to say, then again, God is God and God knows all. So he must know all so he knows.
2: I, I think I see. So that that's an interesting thought, though, because God knows everything. So on one hand, you can say God understands because He knows everything. But there's, and I, I'm trying to think of where it's at in Hebrews, but it talks about how He learned obedience. Obedience. So He He exper- He understood not just from His divine nature, but because He actually lived it out. Right. Yeah. Right. It's.
1: Yeah. Thank yeah.
0: You. It's. It's. It's not just that God knows. And he was fully God. Jesus never stopped being fully God. Mm. But we see that most of the time in his earthly ministry, he didn't depend on that deity. Yeah. He depended on the spirit of God. And so he fully knows us. He knows, knows what it's like. Think about the second question. What does this tell you about the love, the kind of love that the Father and the Son and I should add the spirit when you think about how Jesus did this. How would you think about that? What kind of love is that for you? Mm-hmm. Crusoe oh, is that your hand? Yeah. yeah. What's up? Uh,
1: he died on the cross for us, so like for sin. So that way we got to kill animals with, um, sin. Yeah. We him.
0: Yeah, we can pray to him because he died on the cross for our sin. Mm. That's a really big love, isn't it? Wesley.
3: It's like Cruz he loves us so much that he came down to the Iron Cross. We all know that, but. Andrea. I'm gonna
2: add, I think it's interesting that it's an, it's an intimate, experiential love. We always, you know, it's, he could have loved from afar and just said, oh, you poor human, you. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't. It, it was put on flush love. It's experienced love. It's not
1: just isolated and withdrawn.
0: Right, right. Like the kind of plan of redemption is not a remote, I, I do that thing, I send it there, and it just it makes it happen, I pass over. It's very intimate. He knows that he experienced it. And he entered into it. Yeah. Mike.
1: In Philippians two where it says that he left what was rightfully his. Did. Didn't didn't abandon it but gave that and set it aside to come down and do what he had to do for us. Yeah. Um, well there are some things I wouldn't do for you. <laughs> right. <laughs> and you right. you would do for me. Right. But that low price that you know Myself.
0: Yeah. Mm. Yeah.
3: Mm. Wesley. I remember, I remember my answer. So it's like, there's a, well, paint a picture. So there's a trillion stairs, and on top of that is a throne. And at the bottom of the stairs, there's a tar pit, and we're in the tar pit. And so God walks all the way down the stairs, comes down to our level, gets in the tar to help us out. And now he's stuck in the tar.
0: No, he's not stuck I in the tar, like that's, that's right? You know, he you know, died in the tar, and by the power of the Spirit of God, Romans 8, wrote, mm-hmm. took him out of that. That's an interesting illustration, Wesley. I'll <laughs> <laughs> Any other thoughts? Like, why else does this matter? When you think about this truth, that Jesus was fully human, why does it matter to you?
1: yeah yeah
2: nah. I heard uh, D. A. Carson one time said uh, um, talk about when Christ is on the cross, and he makes that cry at the end, where he says, "My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me?" And he calls that, he calls it the, the cry of the damned mm. so that none of us have to do that. We will never because he mm. experienced that we never have to experience my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Because
0: he's never forsaken us. He's Jesus not, already
2: did it. He ex- took that. You know, you're talking earlier about yeah. what is that that judgment of God look like? I think that gives a glimmer of something that was going on. Right. Like to experience God turning your back, turning his back on you entire for mm. which then I go, I don't know how that he accomplished that because he is god but he did right it happened right and so he cries this cry and d.a carson talks about that i, I always lo- I love that thought that that's a cry that he cried so that not a one of us would ever have to
0: right that's awesome well that's a good note to end on let me pray god we are overwhelmed when we realize just that very last truth that was mentioned that you will never leave us or forsake us because Jesus, somehow you forsake your son when all the sins of your people were on him. And we can rest in how sufficient a savior your son is for us. Help us, especially as we get, as we're spending time thinking about the cross, the life Jesus lived, and then rose as we get closer here to Easter. Would you help us throughout our days to not lose sight of that in the midst of the mess that we go through, of the frustrations in our jobs, the frustrations in our different situations you've put us in? Help us to remember that you were a sufficient Savior and passed all the tests for us. And help us to depend on your Spirit in the same way that you did. In Jesus' name, amen.